Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skuzgauspo. Oh, well, guys, it is our annual live NFL draft pod. And uh, as we begin recording tonight, <clears throat> Miami has just picked uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. A uh, hell of a pick for the Dolphins down there at 11. But uh, I, I got to tell you guys, I've got a bit of a chub going on. <laughs> a, Bradley, a Bradley chub? I bet you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dark That's suit right. night, Sammy? Oh, I, I've had to change my pants once or twice. Yeah, definitely dark <laughs> dark suit night. Well, that, ex- that escalated quickly. The first thing was thinking of... You know, if Chubb fell past Cleveland, which I did not think he would, then I'm like, ooh, uh, then Denver may not go quarterback. We could get a Von Miller Bradley Chubb defensive line. That was my first dark suit moment. And then Cleveland picked the corner from Ohio State, at which point I'm like, oh boy, that's happening. Okay. And, uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled, uh, that we didn't reach for, a quarterback that I Denver was going to take Josh Allen. I just know it. Um, we didn't, uh, and you know, got the best defensive player in the draft. It's, it's stunning. It's stunning. I, uh, it's it's all weird. Like the Browns managed to not Browns their opening pick of the draft by taking Baker Mayfield, which I think we all agreed with to our surprise. Uh, they, I, I don't love it, but I, it's not Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they, well, I mean, you probably want a Barkley and then a quarterback later, right? Which, of course, makes a lot of sense, too. But the weird thing is, the fourth pick was a little brownsy of them, because Ward would have been available later, for sure. Um, and I don't know if how hard they tried to deal down um, or not, but um, either way, it worked out perfectly for Sammy. Um, and... You know, we've had four quarterbacks go so far, and one of the side effects of that is a lot of big-time talent slipping farther down the draft. If you don't need a quarterback tonight, you're having a great draft. <laughs> and that's kind of been that's kind of been the the thought process all throughout. I mean, the the people who needed quarterbacks were going to reach for quarterbacks. Um, see Buffalo, oh boy, uh, comma Bills, <laughs> trading up um, from twelve to seven. Uh, from what I heard. Uh, is that the Broncos had a deal in place with the Bills uh, to trade back. But when Chubb was available, they're like, uh, yeah, never mind. We're <laughs> going to go ahead and take Chubb. Um, and so uh, Buffalo had to end, end up trading with uh, Tampa uh, to go uh, to seven uh, to take Josh Allen. Uh, first pick, Baker Mayfield. Um, I, I think... That, that was kind of a surprise up until, what, yesterday? I think a lot of people, still a lot of people thought that uh, uh, Sam Darnold was going to go one. Um, and it wasn't oh. until uh, just a couple of days ago that the, the Mayfield to one uh, talk really kind of heated up. Yeah, just... I um we, we talked, I mean, we talked about these, these QBs in detail on our last podcast. And since then, I've done a lot of listening to a lot of other conversations and the the one, the one, Mike Lombardi, who I kind of have a love hate relationship with because I find him very hard to listen to, particularly as he changes the topic he's talking about mid sentence. Um, but regardless, he uh, he 
is really high on Lamar Jackson and not very high on Mayfield. And the thing he brought up about Mayfield is his third down tape. It does not look very good. Um, he, he, unlike uh, a number of these other QBs, he is not adept at putting a ball into a tight window on third down when, when, you know, the, the defense knows the pass is coming and you've got to, you've got to bring the heat and, and get it done. And so it, it was a big, it was a big question mark for him. Um, I'm, Third down is obviously a big deal, and uh, he he has other problems with the Oklahoma offense in general. That it's trick plays, it's it's not a it's not a system. It's just play calling. So that that's that's a whole other you know diatribe. But I, you know ultimately, I'm I'm I don't love the Mayfield pick, and, and precisely because of what you said a second ago, guys. That I like I I probably would have suggested go Chubb one number one or. or Barkley number one because you know the Giants would have taken him at number two. Hope you can get Chubb at four. If you can't get Chubb at four, you can probably get the QB you want at four, either Darnold or Mayfield. Um, the the dream of the Browns getting Chubb and Barkley and trading back into the first red round for Lamar Jackson is obviously dead, but somebody else is going to get Lamar Jackson, and that's going to be incredible. Can you say get Chubb a few more times? <laughs> uh, no, the... Um, yeah, I, I think the chance, the idea now, right, that like Jackson is still available. There he is in the green room. They're showing him right now. Um, in the green jacket. That's green that's jacket. Nice. Yeah, did, he, green... did he just come from Augusta or something? I don't know. Maybe it's fantastic, but I mean, it's, it's wild. I think I ironically, well, not ironically, but I think the, the Broncos can claim to have had a great draft so far. The bears, things could not have gotten much better for the bears, Roquan Smith, um, who ESPN rightly pointed out was, you know, quite arguably the best guy in the college football playoff anytime he was on the field this year, um, is, uh, is a bear now. And they, you know, they got him all the way at eight and he easily could have gone higher than that. And I mean, there's some real Brian Urlacher potential there. So I'm that si- went well. I, I'm sitting here in my 1998. Minnesota Vikings Randall McDaniel number 64 jersey and I'm really sad that we have to face Roquan Smith in for the next Oof. however many years uh a lot of people thought he was the best overall player in this draft easily you know either either number one or number two uh on the defensive side of the ball and just like god damn it why why couldn't have somebody 49ers didn't you need a linebacker like come on somebody else take him uh, 49ers really wanted to uh, just protect Garoppolo, and yeah. you know, they went with uh, McGlinchey there. Little high, I think, um, for McGlinchey, but you know, at, at the end of the day, you, you if you're not going to trade down, which you know, I, I don't know how many people were scrambling to get up to uh, to San Francisco's pick, um, you know, you, and you got you got to take the O lineman. What do you guys think of uh, the Giants taking Saquon Barkley? I mean, that was absolutely the right pick for them. Um, you know, everyone who was kind of thinking that they should go quarterback or uh, maybe trade down—I I mean, to me, that's ridiculous. You've got at least another year or two of Eli Manning. You've got OBJ and now Saquon Barkley in the backfield. That's huge. They've won two Super Bowls in the last however many years with a mediocre quarterback, a rugged running game and a stellar defensive line. If they had done anything other than Chubb or Barkley at number two, I would have been totally stunned. So I 
like my question basically is like if Giancarlo Stanton keeps striking out, then that means that Judge is the only person in New York that Saquon Barkley has to leapfrog to become the most popular athlete in New York City. Um, well, I guess OBJ would be in that calculus too. Yeah, he's up there. But but I mean, like, there seems to be all this question of whether or not he's going to stick around. Um, but uh, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty funny. They, did you see they just showed Deron Payne uh, on ESPN? They have it muted, but he clearly just hung up the phone, looked over, and said, I'm going to Washington. <laughs> well, it was, it was right after the pick was announced, and he does not look very excited. Yeah, I don't know. He should uh, – I don't know. I mean, again, that's – guys like Payne being available now, we're fully on – fully in – highway robbery mode at this point, right? I mean, already you had Minka Fitzpatrick all the way available at 11. Vita Vea, um, you know, being at, uh, going to the Tampa Bay, uh, and now Deron Payne to the Redskins. I mean, these guys are all guys who had, you know, top 10 grades at least. And you still have Derwin James on the board. I mean, that's well, ludicrous. Th- this, this is interesting. You've got uh, Green Bay just traded their pick to New Orleans. Um New Orleans defense has been troublesome. Yeah, is that a spot for Derwin James, or is this the Lamar Jackson maneuver? I wonder. I wonder about Jackson, but at the same time, you'd think that the Saints would want to do something to try and uh, go get another ring for Breeze. Like, that, like they were good enough last year to be pretty competitive, and with Kumara and the other talent they have on their offensive side, I, you know, my my bet would be on a defensive player here. Um, something about, you know, you just mentioned Vita Vea and, uh, and Deron Payne, and we talked about how good those guys were and that, you know, the drop off at DT is pretty stark after that. But another comment from, from, uh, that I heard Lombardi say earlier this week is that, you know, those are two guys that, um, the offense, uh, can't force a defense to pull off the field based on formation. They're both athletic enough and, and, uh, effective no- enough at rushing the passer that even if you go to a spread set, uh, a defense is still going to leave those guys on and they're still going to be effective. And that's what makes them so valuable as as space eaters uh, in, in that they don't just have to stop the run. This is different from uh, a lot. You know, you think about what was a tractor trailer and um, I forget the other guy that were in Chicago for all those years, just like the, the beef in the middle of their defensive line. Al- that- Alex Smith? No, it was, bef- no. It was before that. Um, uh, it was back in like the the 2006 run. Um, but regardless, like the, these, the, I think that's why we saw these both of these guys go so high and so quickly in the draft um, because they are versatile in that in that way. One thing I just realized, and I don't know if anyone's been talking about it, um, what's the lowest a wide receiver has ever gone? in the first round in recent memory. Um, Because, I mean, not only is... I mean, you're going to have to have a team with serious wide receiver need to be taking one at this point with all the talent that's still left on the board. Um, And I'll be... I mean, it would be Ridley or... Could the Saints be doing that after, you know, Brandon Cooks is gone? Maybe they have a need there for for a a Ridley or... um, DJ Moore. DJ Moore or... uh, It'd be surprising to see James Washington go ahead of those guys, but he's another really uh, compelling prospect. It'd be weird to trade up to do that, though, because you'd have mm-hmm. to think that you'd have someone 
they're still available. I'm wondering, yeah, I mean, would the the Saints clearly have someone that they're targeting if they've traded up? And I wonder. And I mean, like it, they traded up a lot too. Have, have you guys seen? Have you guys seen what they gave up? No. What did they? I I'm, I'm still looking for it. I I mean can, they. While we wait for the Saints, can we let's talk about Buffalo? <laughs> oh no! I that was a point I was going to make earlier, Scuzz, which was. I have to say, yes, I know Lombardi had the issues with Baker Mayfield, but still, there's something bizarrely actually logical in the face of of so many NFL blunders to see the number one pick, and then they show all the accolades next to Mayfield, and it's like, yeah, this guy won everything you could possibly win in college, and well, was as good as you. There, I mean, there's they, one. There's one major well, thing you did not well, win. Sure, I. You, I mean, it in an, on an individual level. Okay, yeah. And yeah. that my my point is, six picks later, we have the guys at ESPN going, "Well, it's cold in Buffalo, and it was cold in Wyoming, <laughs> <laughs> so he's got that going for him." Oh like, man! Uh, yep, yep, pretty much. Yeah, um, I just like I, like, I, I did. I did just see what uh, I did just see what New Orleans traded. They traded the first this year and a first next year. Wow! Highway Uh, robbery. No wonder the no wonder the Packers gave that up for Derwin James or God. I mean, maybe it's to get Lamar. But there's no way they would trade that away for a wide receiver that they know would still be available. Well, their 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 pick this year is 27th, and that I mean that's pretty low. Given that I, I think I've seen a number of folks say that there's there's 20 really great players in this draft, and once you get beyond that, you know you're you're, you're I don't think I don't think giving up that first has as much um, weight as as an average first. Yeah, that's true. And and you know if you're if you're New Orleans, you're expecting to be back in the playoffs again next year, so that you know theoretically would be. Uh, I mean, if if you're you know, betting on yourself here, that's a very low yeah. first round pick next year. So, yeah, I made that yeah. like they, they, they didn't give us up as much as uh, as Buffalo did. Right. Because Buffalo traded what, 12 and 22 to move up trade, to seven. Did they trade 22? Maybe they I didn't don't think maybe they, they did. Didn't. And I hope they didn't. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Uh, I just I feel all this. No, it's, they, it, they they didn't. They They still have 22. They should take Lamar Jackson. <laughs> take the take the insurance. Uh, it's fascinating. Sorry, I, mean, I, I I interrupted you there. I, I apologize. No, you're all good. Um, but the, I mean, point being, like, you know, the Saints clearly they've got something in mind. Um, and like I said earlier, like they're on. I think they probably see themselves as a potential Super Bowl contender, uh, given the the talent mix that they have. So, you, I mean. We should assume that they're going to go to they're going to try to bolster their current squad and not pick a guy like Lamar. Um, well, I you know, mean, to be the heir apparent to Breeze in three years. I mean, Derwin James is totally worth trading away picks to get up to get. If that, I mean, if that's who they're getting at this point, I mean, he, he it's officially robbery to get him at this yep. point in the draft. So if they that's trade up, that's not who they're getting. Oh, interesting. Um, the I I, I do follow uh. A pick tipper on Twitter. What? Okay, tell what does the pick tipper say? <laughs> Marcus Davenport. Oh, interesting. U- U- UTSA baby. 
Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, well, so I mean, is... this this guy has just exploded in everybody's. I, I think this guy was like the guy that nobody wanted to talk about because they all thought that they were the only ones that knew um, that he's an edge rusher. You know, a notch below Bradley Chubb, but still on the on the on the threshold of top uh, top tier talent at defensive end. So. This, I mean, this that I I would be that is a pretty good pick from my estimation for the Saints because that's a guy that everybody's been talking about the last forty eight hours. Wow, that's crazy. If it is, I again, it's like Derwin James, who I personally liked Fitzpatrick more than James, but James is like they're both amazing, and the idea that James is going to make it to the bottom half of the draft is just crazy to me. Um, that he's going to end up on a team that's already playing good football is it's just crazy. Um, if that's crazy. true, so here's Goodell. Um, you know, you got Oakland coming up next. You know, they could always use some help on the defensive side. Um, Baltimore, San Diego, Seattle coming up afterwards. Uh, yeah, Marcus Davenport, UTSA. The other thing is I don't think uh, the defensive backfield is that much of a concern for the Saints right now. I'm thinking about, like, they drafted um, Lattimore last year right at corner. Their their DBs were pretty decent this past season. Um, so I feel like they might have a lot invested there, and they feel pretty com- – you know, I think that might have been part of the calculus around wanting to hit a defensive end as opposed to uh, a back-end safety. If, if this means that Derwin James can be a Raider now, that would be – flipping amazing oh i i would not <laughs> you, be on board that if you could put derwin james with khalil mack that would just be incredible um, no thank you AFC <laughs> west defense is already insane enough um i mean san diego's got the insane uh pass rush with bosa and um who's the other guy they got yeah two insane um, what's his name i forget uh Khalil Mack, you know, Kansas City's got two amazing uh, pass rushers. Now Denver's got two amazing pass rushers. Marcus so, Davenport's uh, highlights look like someone who's worth trading away two first-round picks. Right? To move up again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a big boy. And he he's moves really like fast. Smaller yeah. guy. Oh, boy. Well, Saints, if they're trying to win now, this guy could be a, a really good fit. Well, um, talk about like a guy that's going to make your secondary better, right? Yep. Right. It's interesting. That- <laughs> Marcus Davenport is basically if Jadavian Clowney didn't know how to play football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, U- UTSA from having, you know, from go- going from uh, no D1 program to a D1 program to having a first round pick in three years. That's awesome. So it's interesting. I mean, again, if I'm the Raiders, I don't even blink before taking Derwin James. But then you've got two interesting situations where everyone's talking about the Ravens being like, okay, like is the Flacco era coming to an end? Do they need a quarterback? But then it's like the Chargers are in the same situation. They're picking at 17 too. I mean, both of these teams, I mean, obviously Phillip Rivers is a way better quarterback than Joe Flacco, but both of them have got to be coming to the end of their rope. Um and I almost kind of, you know, wonder if either of those is a potential landing spot for Jackson. Probably not, but you never know. I mean, I at at this point, 
I mean, I the idea that he would slip too much farther is is pretty wild. I mean, he's uh, we all just you know seem to be in agreement that he's probably our favorite quarterback. So um, I'll be really interesting to see. And again, it's like if when I mean, just like you were saying earlier, Scuzz, if people are saying this is a twenty player draft, how long do the Pats sit where they're sitting with those two picks? Um, you know, do they have players that they've circled already that they think are going to fall to them, or do they try to move up a little bit and, and grab something? Well, the real the real tantalizing maneuver would be uh, Lamar Jackson to New England. I mean, you're getting close to the point where New England could package both of their first together, um, you know, twenty three and thirty one. Uh, you could put both of those together and you know move up. I, I think you know. We're at fifteen now. And, I think th- there's and Oakland's there, picking right. Oakland I, made their selection. Their picks in part of the pro. So I think there's I think the next two teams, the Ravens and the Chargers, could both be potential Lamar Jackson landing spots. Um, so then that would leave uh, New England needing to trade with Seattle, Dallas, or Detroit uh, before the Bengals pick at twenty one, because that seems like another spot that uh, that Lamar could potentially go. And then they've got their their pick at twenty three. And none of those seem like surefire spots, right? Like, I wonder if they just wait it out. Because, I mean, you know that they'd rather trade back and get, you know, six more second-round picks. Right. I just feel like, again... I I just, I don't, again, like, kind of like the Saints, I don't think New England's going to pick a QB. I know, it's like... Well, it's not... Maybe not high, but I, I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if they didn't leave this draft without a QB. I mean, right now, who's backing up Brady? I kind of feel on the other side of it that they, one of those two picks, I'm really wondering if they would don't take a wide receiver, right? I mean, they lost. Amendola. Oh, they they've got to. They've got to. Right, and I mean, and and late first round is totally a great place to get either Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore. Um, those guys are surefire first round talents. So. Um, I think, yeah, the Pats are probably thinking they're, – they're probably watching the tea leaves right now being like, are things lining up that one of those two guys is going to make to us where we pick or do we need to move up? And I guess I bet you if you suddenly see a wide receiver go in the next couple of picks, you'll see the Pats start to get antsy. But um, So let's see, Raiders. If I'm them, I would take Derwin James. Colton Miller. Colton Off- Miller. Offensive tackle, UCLA. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How did two tackles get drafted in the top 15? This is – how did two tra- tackles get drafted in the top 15 and only one guard? Well, they did just have a quarterback who lost most of his last season to an injury. So, I guess they're, they're... – Trade down, son. I don't know. Like I no, I'm with you. I mean, you've got to think we're going to find out later, right? That a lot there's probably been a lot of backroom machinations, right? Where teams just aren't offering enough, or you know, I'm sure there are a lot of teams trying to wheel and deal. I'm just, I mean, good lord, Ravens, the Ravens defensive tradition, man, oh man, Derwin James fits, oh, fits wow. right in with that. Um, a lot of a lot of great oh, shots we, here. We've, we've of, got a trade. A lot of good shots here right now of Colton Miller blocking outside linebackers in the pack in the Pac-12. I oh. didn't see I didn't see a single highlight so, where he had to go up against a defensive end. Oh, Baltimore just traded trade. with Buffalo. Buffalo just traded up again. 
Take Lamar Jackson. <laughs> the, the Cleveland two QB strategy. Oh, make them make them battle for it. That would be amazing. Um, so, what's their wide receiver situation? I mean, would they be like trying to get him help? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Buffalo. I mean, oh, that's so I mean or or Derwin James. I mean, good lord, I. He is officially a massive commodity at this point in the draft. Seriously. I, I, I wonder if some story is going to come out about him at this point. I mean, Maybe. you know, he, he, there's no reason he should be dropping this far. I mean, a like, lot of this stuff is explainable, though, right? I mean, like, the teams that have reached for the offensive linemen have clear needs at the position. That Davenport kid, I, <laughs> I the, the film, he looks like a flipping monster so um and you know and then you got a lot of quarterbacks and stuff like that so i don't know i mean it could just be you know his loss is some team's gain but so it cost uh buffalo the 22 and a third round pick to move up to 16 and pick up a fifth round pick from baltimore that seems not bad only a third rounder that's that's not a lot right so, I mean, so you got you, you got to think like the prices uh, for moving up are starting to drop. So what's interesting is that they might be getting like Derwin James at seven would have been a pretty good pick, right? Sure. Right. And I don't know that I don't know that anyone would have dra- drafted Josh Allen before now. Anybody else? Right? Like maybe um, he's, maybe he would have still been around. <sighs> Arizona, I mean, Miami didn't take a quarterback, but Arizona was – I mean, Arizona took Rosen. I I mean, Buffalo, save yourself from yourself. Pick the look, safety first. <laughs> look, and, and, and as an aside, I feel like Derwin James could play half-decent quarterback for Buffalo, you know? <laughs> run, run some option. Um, yeah, so again, you've got – and and kind of as an aside, right? I mean, you've got Baltimore pretty much just punted on any chance of taking a quarterback there. Um, that's I mean, obvious. Unless they think Lamar is going to keep dropping, maybe. But they just put themselves behind the Bengals, so it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know the Bills. So let's see. How is Marvin Lewis still the coach in Cincinnati? I don't know. <laughs> I just had this Tre- moment of Tremaine wait, Edmonds. Oh, oh, so he was wow. another guy who he's another guy who had fell. He was the second best linebacker on the board. And he and he's considered like a hair of a notch below Roquan Smith. Smith. Um, right. I mean, difference is that they're calling Tremaine Edmonds an outside linebacker, but I've seen him listed as an inside linebacker primarily. Um he seems like a good fit for their defense, but and and again, a guy that probably had you know top ten quality in another year. Yeah, so I mean, there. This is, but I mean, we talked about this at this point, though. There's really, I mean, a lot of people were really high on Edmonds, but we're officially at this tipping point where. Derwin James is by far the best player left on the board. Uh, I mean, you've got other great players, but he's officially on an island right now. I mean, um, 
Now, if, if you need a cornerback, Jair Alexander from Louisville is a great cornerback, but he's not at James's level. Like, James is definitely the best player left on the board at this point. So, I mean, that becomes interesting, too. Like, I mean, will the team trade up knowing that they suddenly have great value with him? If no one's doing that, then the farther we go, the more I'm going to start to subscribe to Sam's potential theory that there's something we don't know. Um, but... Um, not knowing that, I kind of feel like something something's going to come up here um, that he's going to come off the board really soon. Um, so but, while we wait for this pick, I have there's there's two topics that I want to make sure that we cover tonight. One is a a ranking of Dallas breweries. Uh, John, you you texted me something earlier uh, today, or maybe that was yesterday, because uh, given that the draft is in Dallas and there was some. There was some really poor uh, reconciling of the craft beer scene in Dallas that um, that was posted on the internet by somebody. I don't know. But the other thing I want to mention is that in eight minutes, guys, we have an opportunity to live pod and comment on the opening of the Vegas Knights San Jose Shark Series. Oh, ho, 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 baby. And the Vegas Knights have a really ridiculous and awesome like pregame that will probably be broadcast again in eight minutes. I really think that we should deviate from the draft briefly to talk about that. Yeah, well, that's I, t- right. I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm popping another, uh, popping one of my other tuners onto that right now. So uh, we'll be able to find that. I know um, that Pittsburgh just beat Washington uh, in the first game of the second round. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'll I'll just I'll just pop that on there, and we can uh, flip back and forth if we need to. Um, while we're talking about things that that are happening concurrently to the draft, we should mention that women's lacks battled valiantly on the road at Maryland, but ultimately uh, lost. I think what was it, twenty two sixteen to Maryland, twenty to sixteen, twenty to sixteen, um, and they again I think they rallied, but came up just short. So awesome, awesome performance. Didn't get the win, but again, you're talking about the number three team in the in the country. So, um, you know, I know the woman had that circled on their calendar for a long time, um, and they got really close but couldn't quite pull it off. Uh, something else that I wanted to uh, just kind of get your guys' thoughts on. Um, yeah, I know we, we talked a little bit about uh, kind of the waning of kickoffs, and uh, – I know with this, the new spring league, um, what the association of American football, I believe they're calling it, um, just announced their second franchise. Their, their first franchise is going to be in Orlando, uh, coached by Steve Spurrier. The second franchise is going to be Atlanta coached what, by, do, Brad, wait, do, wait, wait, by, by do, Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Spurrier awesome. is, is coaching the Orlando team. And then, uh, the Atlanta Children's team is closing Atlanta, but the with o- with Michael Vick as their OC, right? With Michael Vick as the OC. Uh, so one one thing this league is doing um, is they're pretty much eliminating uh, kickoffs. Well, pr- not pretty much; they are eliminating kickoffs. Uh, so you either have the choice to uh, give you score a touchdown, you give the other team the ball at the twenty five yard line, just period, or if you're you know wanting to do an onside kick, you put the ball on your 35-yard line, I believe, and you basically get either 4th and 10 or 4th and 15. Um, I haven't quite seen, you know, I, I've seen that uh, reported both ways. 
But, um, you know, so you have basically one down to get 10 or 15 yards. And if you don't, then it, it's fourth down. So over on downs. What do you guys think of that? I think it's, I mean, that to me sounds great. Now, obviously, I think, you know, the whole idea of like a kickoff, particularly at the start of the game, has some real pageantry attached to it. But um, I think one problem, well, not a problem that I have, but I mean, one thing you're going to see is kickers who already don't have a heck of a lot of value are going to be devalued even more um, in the NFL. Not that I'm saying that, that that's a problem, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I like the onsides kick idea. The funny thing is I kind of feel like a fourth and 15 in the NFL, especially you have a much better chance of completing a fourth and 15 than you have of recovering an onsides kick. Um, that's, that's, that's exactly how I feel is that this, this seems to, um, it'll be interesting to see how much this changes the end game and allows potential last minute comebacks, like more last minute comebacks. Right, like if you're down, like if let's say you're the Patriots and you're down in the second half, I'm just being like, yeah, we're not going to play any defense. I'm going fourth and fifteen with Tom Brady every single time. So is this <laughs> just, an NFL rule? No, no it's no, no, no. It, Sam, it's, it's going to be. I'm just like, I'm just applying it in the NFL. Uh, okay, oh, there there's Derwin James to the Chargers. Oh, there we go. Oh man, you lucky dogs. Ugh. Yep, boy. Well, Sam, you still got to see him. Yeah. Not not a fan of that. Hey, Derwin James's first word as a baby was ball. Nice. I think that was my son Robbie's first word too. Yeah, sweet. Un- unfortunately, my uh, my well, my son might be like a human missile, but um, I don't think he's going to have the talent that this guy does. Will he someday be falling down the draft board while we wonder if there's something we don't know about? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I have, I have not, a hunch. Not, not in football. <laughs> not in football. I mean, like, even if he, like, no, he ain't going to play football. Sorry. I yeah. love I love this game. Neither of my kids will play it. Yeah. yeah that, I didn't, that's, that's wise, I believe. Yeah, with CC didn't have to didn't have to make that call, but probably would be thinking I, the same you, way. I, I don't know. She sounds pretty pretty uh, hard headed to me. <laughs> no, no, I'm. Uh, we'll have to find another way to take advantage of that. <laughs> She'd be a stopper on the soccer field. <laughs> here's where you. Here's a classic example of the guy where you watch his highlights and you're like, "How did this guy fall this far?" Derwin James is oh, just. Oh man, this guy's a fruit, he is a so freak. effing good. Yeah. I mean, Just, he's going. That's he look, like he, he looks really excited to go to San Diego too. Yeah, no, L.A. Oh, L.A. Sorry, I mean, LA. I mean just I, as I, I'd be I'd be happier to go to San Diego than L.A. I mean, honestly, San Diego. But, I love San Diego. By the time I figure out where the Chargers are, they're going to move back somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it, it's taken forever to readjust to that. I mean, I feel like when the Raiders moved. Uh, up and down from Oakland to LA and back, that wasn't too hard to change. And when they go to Vegas, I'm not going to be too. Uh, it's not going to be too hard to switch. But the LA Chargers just does not ring. Ooh, Seahawks um, trade to the Packers. Yeah, Packers moving back up. Interesting. Interesting. Ooh, who's who's Aaron Rodgers' backup? I don't know. Uh, it's it's the it's um Brett Hundley. Right, so Lamar Jackson? <laughs> Maybe. 
again, I just like if you're if you're a contender at this stage. And Rogers has a lot of good years left too. Yeah, right? like, you don't no, he, need him. They just signed Jimmy Graham. Like I feel like they're, I feel like they're gunning for something. Um, by the way, can we talk about the fact that Colin Kaepernick is not employed in the NFL and freaking Brett Hudley is the backup in <laughs> Green Bay? Good, good grief! I watched that man play last year. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I think I was actually just thinking in my head. I was like. Why don't you like Tennessee picks at twenty five? You trade up a little, or maybe you just wait. You take Lamar Jackson, you sign Colin Kaepernick, and then you go to Mariota. You'd be like, "You're gonna run anytime it looks like there's daylight, and we don't care how hard you get hit." <laughs> the just, Patriots. Why? Why wouldn't the Patriots just draft everything else to make their team awesome, and then sign Colin Kaepernick as the backup to Brady? Yeah, that's a good point. Like yeah. I just I don't understand what these teams are doing. I just keep good, waiting. Good, I mean, good on Robert Kraft for getting uh, getting Meek out of jail, though. Yeah, yeah, right. I uh, well, maybe that's maybe that's a sign. Maybe we can read the tea leaves. Kraft's, you know, Kraft's come around. He spent a lot of time with rappers. <laughs> He's, He's trying yeah, to make, and, up, make up for supporting how, that presidential yeah, campaign. How many weekends does he spend in uh, in Florida? Yeah. The uh, well, I mean, that's the the other thing is the closed door meeting. Um, you know, the, the the transcript was just released of that closed door NFL meeting. It was either yesterday or today that was held. You know, months back, and that you know none of them wanted the transcript to get out. But Kraft, who was known to be a friend of Trump, made statements during that meeting that were along the lines of like. Look, we can't give this guy anything more to like use for his like dumb platform. Uh, basically, being like, we've got to think about like the way that our dumb president is going to do this. And I was like, well, glad you learned your lesson on that front, Kraft. So, so yeah, maybe maybe real like life experience is going on for old Bob Kraft this year. So, so maybe you never know. It's a possibility. On a, on a happier note, the Las Vegas Knights are now trolling everyone else in the NHL. Are they? Yes, there is. They, their uh, their ice rink is lit up like an aquarium. There is a shark swimming around under the water, and now a skater dressed as a shark has emerged on the ice and is doing interpretive shark dances and waving a oh, flag. This is almost exactly what uh, they did for the first uh, game against the Kings. They got also, this uh, knight guy, golden knight in uh, golden armor, now on skates with a sword. Yes, he is out as well. I'll also note that the knight or the um, the shark player or shark skater, I don't believe he's wearing any teal because the mayor banned wearing teal in Las Vegas this morning. <laughs> she went on the local radio and banned uh, and banned wearing teal. Um, and now they're battling. Uh, oh, this shark dude is screwed. The knight just the knight just like screamed at him in his face. At this is and, amazing, and he cowered away. Yeah, I desperately want to go to a Golden Knights game. I mean, oh this my is god, like... Sammy, I am I am so there. I'm a hundred percent there. I well, mean, this is I like mean, medieval times. But l- guys, Vegas is not the kind of place that you just drop everything and go on a spur of the. Oh wait. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they have like, it's like medieval times meets blue man group is this entrance. Like they've got, 
drummers in LED jerseys and glasses and drums. This is just nuts. Like this drumming is so, in front of a castle. This is so Vegas. I it feel is like so Vegas. I feel like I should be on drugs to really appreciate this. No, or or Tony Bennett's going to come down and uh, and sing the national anthem or something. Oh my goodness! Elvis impersonator, maybe. I love Vegas. I love the I love the Golden Knights. But, uh, the so Knights, much. the Knights specifically. I love the and, Knights. And Vegas is awesome too. So, are they playing Bolero? What What is going on? I don't know. I've I've got it on mute. By the but... by, the Packers are picking right now. Okay. Eh, yeah, you're no fun, John. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even pull yourself away. Oh, there you go. Cornerback from Louisville, Alexander. Yep. Didn't so, expect him to go before uh, Lamar, but there they are celebrating. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they're fellow Louisville guys. So that's cool. Lamar was clearly happy for his buddy. Yeah. The yeah. Louisville guys How- look good. Yeah. They, they dress up. They clean up nice. Cowboys on the clock now. Yep. Johnny Manziel. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No. I mean, they could sign him if they wanted to. No. Browns are going to do that. Bring him back. <laughs> I did see somebody tweet after they picked Mayfield, like, the Browns just drafted Johnny Manziel again. <laughs> Here's what will happen. It's possible. Jo- I, Johnny I don't could, think that's the case, but it is possible. Johnny could tear up Canadian football for a year, and then within a year the Buffalo fans will already be going, well, Johnny was good in cold weather, too, so maybe we should consider him. You know, we didn't totally get to dissect that Buffalo thing, so like, I, I want to expand it beyond just Josh Allen because they've picked the guy that everybody's concerned about his ability to actually throw a pass and connect it to another receiver. But this seemed like they had so they had Tyrod Taylor, who was re- reasonable, not great, had ups and downs, but is young, is growing, you know, wasn't going to be Tom Brady, but I mean, he, showed- he doesn't. He not, doesn't throw interceptions. And showed some potential to be a serviceable NFL quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, at least enough that you maybe consider whatever. Cleveland signs him, and they go out and pay just, like, back up the Brinks truck to um, – oh, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, former – A.J. No. McCarron? A.J. No, McCarron, yes. They, they go and back up the Brinks truck to A.J. McCarron's house and give him – like Mike Glennon type money to come be their QB and then on top of it draft Josh Allen. So now they've got two project QBs with not nearly enough snaps to go around. I like this is this is like on top of Josh Allen, this is just a dumb move for a variety of reasons. And I I just I don't know. I guess I guess you can look at, you know, we we panned the Bears picking of Trubisky last year like really fiercely and who knows what's gonna what's gonna play out on that front? Like he looked, you know, better than I thought he would be this past season. We'll see what happens when defenses adjust and have tape on him now. But well, we'll we'll also see what happens when his playbook is more than three plays. Yeah, um, and now this Buffalo thing, just oh, the Bills, the Bills. Well, staying in the division, can we talk about the quarterback situation with the Jets? Sure. You've got Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, and now Sam Darnold. <laughs> Some of those guys are getting cut. Uh, yeah, and I'm worried one of them is going to be Teddy Bridge. Um, the thing about Bridge is I don't think he costs anything. 
isn't it all like conditional on him being cleared to play? Like if he's not cleared to play, I don't think they can cut him. I mean, they signed him as a free agent, so you know maybe they there's have... something there. But it's it's like with um like with the Bortles situation. Like Bortles didn't clear his physical, so they're not able to like Jacksonville wasn't able to cut him. Um, I don't know if that applies with a free agent signing like uh like Bridge, but I don't think he costs anything. I feel like Hackenberg is toast. Oh yeah. And I feel like Bryce Petty's probably toast. Well, they'll throw one of those two on practice squad, right? Yeah, ain't nobody coming for those guys. No. In uh... and, and then you you start McCown to begin the season. Teddy Bridge is your backup, and then you basically redshirt Darnold. Or you tr- you trade McCown if you can get some something for him. I don't know. I mean, it's a little late in the. You know, free agency is pretty much done, and now the teams that need quarterbacks are, are drafting them. So, I mean, you're not going to get much. Some, and, somebody will get injured, though, you well, know. And like, and you just signed McCown. I mean, McCown was a free agent, and you brought him back. In a, On a more immediate note, do we think Dallas is going to take a receiver here? That would make sense, right? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. And this, so, is, this is Calvin Ridley, right? Ridley? Ridley or more? I mean, or more. I, again... I love both of those guys. I guess push comes to shove, I like Ridley more, but, I mean, either of those, you can't go wrong. Um, I will say, I I lived in Dallas for five years and basically missed any years where Dallas was good at football. Like, the Cowboys were really good at football. Like, I think I think they had one season where it was the, it was the year where the, the weird Des uh, Bryant, it's a catch, it's not a catch against the Packers. Um, knocked him out of the playoffs, but other than that, they they, they weren't great. Uh, Romo kept getting injured and stuff, but I have to say, I'm I'm exceedingly lucky to have not been just inundated by cowboy fandom while I was there. It really didn't affect me. Um, and looking back on it, it's kind of amazing as I watch these just awful looking cowboy fans <laughs> ramping it up here uh, with two minute two and a half minutes left on the clock. After Dallas, you got uh, Detroit and Cincinnati. Um, you know, quite honestly, you know, I I haven't really paid much attention to the bottom half of the draft just because, you know, with with Denver picking so high, you know, I, I figured even if they trade down, you know, I I wasn't, I didn't think that they would trade this far down, so I kind of tuned out the bottom half of the of the first round. So I, it is an interesting bottom half this this year, though, just because. The Pats, the, with the Pats having so much chance to make noise down there, um, I think a lot of people are, are going to be wondering between between the pat the two Pats picks and Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of stuff that I think could happen down there. Um, Jerry looks happy. Well, of course, Jerry looks happy. He's got three four hundred thousand people coming to his you know barn. For a weekend yeah. of draft, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, he's gonna go swim around in the in his uh, tower Scrooge, full of money Scrooge, after this. Scrooge McDuck, yeah, vault. yep. That's a little insulting to Scrooge McDuck. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got to think. I mean, I are there are there any wideouts in the green room? Like, I haven't no you know noticed. I mean. Ridley, I think Ridley and Moore are there. Okay. I think. I mean, I don't see a situation where those two guys make it out of the first round. I mean, I, like, 
you'd have to have pressing needs elsewhere. But with like we said, with Dallas probably taking a wide out here, the Pats, I can't see them not taking a wide out with one of those two picks. Those two guys are going to be gone. Um, All right. After this pick, I'm going to, so I'm going to set this up and then we'll talk about it after the pick. So John, you sent me an email uh, or a text of, of this, this sports illustrated published a list of the, of the top beers, they ranked the or drafted the top beers in Dallas, and um, I have I have three major issues with this list. Um, so they they did it by individual beers, which is kind of hard for me to do, but um, I'll, I'll I'll roll with it for now. But so they did Armadillo Ale Works uh, Brunch Money, which is an Imperial Golden Stout as their top beer. Community uh, Texas Lager is their number two. That's a good brewery. I don't love that beer, but good brewery. Petticolis is number three um, with their uh, Belgian Strong Ale. Uh, Rabbit Hole Brewing, which is Mike Madano's uh, brewery in Dallas um, with their with their Kolsch. Uh, Four Corners Brewing with El Chingon, which is an IPA that is excellent. Um, and then Lakewood Brewing with their Kolsch. I don't know why they love Kolsch so much. Uh, Deep Elm Brewing with Dallas Blonde, which is unobjective. Like, unbiased just the worst goddamn beer in the entire dallas uh metro area it's horrific um and then grapevine brewery with their lake fire rye pale ale which is a reasonable attempt at a rye pale ale but is not good either so there's like five beers on those list that are a problem so I'm, I'm gonna come back with some good stuff after we get this cowboys pick how does that compare with temperance's rye pale it's it's flavorless all right it's like beer flavored water. No hops. Really weak. So the Cowboys trot up the captains from all the Arlington high schools onto the stage for the for their pick. This is interesting to me only because I'm wondering if, you know, any of these guys are gonna get drafted at some point. Wow. Leighton Vanderesh, the linebacker from Boise oh, State. Oh, interesting. Wow. He's the guy that, yeah, people, this was kind of a, a sleeper guy. Um, guy who was The Cowboy fans look a lot less enthused. <laughs> oh, these guys were going ballistic about five minutes ago, and I saw maybe four towels waving after this pick was announced. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. He played eight-man up until, what, like college, I think? Um, and like the just like ultra raw small guy, the big time yeah, developed he's guy from like over Farmville, I Farmville, Idaho. Four, yeah, four hundred people in his hometown. But he was another one of those guys, kind of like Davenport, like small school off the radar kind of guy. Although you know he played at Boise, so he had at least one season of pretty major competition. But who's he's been awesome- there? Who's been the Cowboys' middle linebacker the last few years? He I always get, he always get injured. He gets injured. Um, oh, the Penn State guy. Yeah, no, what's his uh, name? Is it, it's not Pelosny, is it? No, it's the other one. Um, wow, they just showed an eight man football dirt field highlight. Yep, the NFL first round draft. That's impressive. Um, no doubt this guy is good, but I don't think Cowboy fans are particularly happy with this. I mean, he's an amazing raw athlete. It's just the kind of thing. Yeah. And he's really tall. Ooh, he made an interception against BYU. 
Well, that that's <clears throat> not really a shocker. I exactly. <laughs> and covering, again, somehow somehow my feed covering, is like two seconds ahead of yours. Yeah, covering Oregon's uh, running back outside of the backfield is pretty good. So yeah, whatever whatever. I'm in my basement, which is like my secondary TV. So I think signal goes to the first. I mean, it's it's all. Um, signal comes through upstairs and then comes down here so maybe that's partly why there's a delay um here's some interesting news that just dropped uh pittsburgh trades martavius bryant uh to the raiders for a third round pick i'm surprised they were able able to get that much out of out of the raiders for him wow i was just thinking like wasn't martavius bryant ridiculously good for them but maybe i'm thinking of not antonio bryant but who's their third they have a third wide out um is it schuster juju smith schuster do they have yeah him? yeah, yeah okay sure that's oh, okay so that's why they that's why they're okay to part with him yeah and you know bryant was an absolute yeah. head case yeah he was a malcontent right um and antonio yeah. bryant is bringing you many amazing score vegas oh yeah goal Nice. So much more interesting than Adam Schefter's giant head. So the the Lions are picking. Oh, that was pretty. That was a pretty goal deflection from the yeah beauty top of the crease. Beauty. Sorry, John. (laughs) No, no. So the Lions are picking right now. Can the Lions take a wide receiver or like? My question is: Is the scarring of all of those years of wide receiver picks finally over? Like. Would Lions fans have flashbacks if their team drafted a wide receiver in the first round? Or is it like now socially acceptable for them to do that again? I mean, they're not taking a wide receiver at the top of the first round, so I think you should be okay. Right. I feel like, um, let's see, uh, I feel like they should go guard. Who's well, the um who's the who's the awesome guard that's still available? Will uh, Hernandez from UTEP is the the guy that uh was like a no name recruit and then developed into this just monster at UTEP. I, I know Denver was kind of excited about him because the Broncos for, uh hired UTEP's head former head coach as their O line coach. So they definitely wanna see if they can grab him. Is there a center? Oh, Rag- Frank Ragnow. That's the Nets name I'm looking at. Um, he's a center, but he could certainly play at guard. Um, a lot of a lot of the NFL ringer staff has been talking about Ragnow and how good uh, he looks. That that'd be an interesting pick right now. Interestingly um, enough, uh, ESPN's number one overall player right now is another center, James Daniels from Iowa. Um. Which is kind of interesting. You still have Rashawn Evans, yet another like awesome Alabama linebacker. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. seems like they have one of those every year. And but I mean, mainly, you know, for me, it's like I like I don't have again, I don't have previous drafts in front of me, but I don't feel <laughs> like there. I don't feel like there were many years when a wideout fell this far. Darius Geis or Ronald Jones seems like very like Detroit Lions picks right now. I mean, it feels a little high for Jones. Geis, maybe. Yeah. I like Sony Michelle better than both of those guys, but. Again, it's just also, running back is so weird to me because, again, like, they're, like, 
I like all of those guys, and I also like guys who would be available two rounds later than this. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like just, so I think aside backs. aside from Barkley, the running back class is, and we talked about this last week, but the running back class is pretty you know close. Oh, I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just saying it would be a very Detroit Lions thing to do. Right. T- tight end is another one. There's some good tight ends coming out this year. There are. It feels like a reach at this stage, though. Would you agree? Yeah. Probably. It's just so weird that, like, no tight ends. I mean, I mean, tight ends don't always go off the board high, but no wideouts or tight ends yet to this point. The tight ends, you got Hayden Hurst from South Carolina, this kid from South Dakota State, um, Mike Gusecki from Penn State, Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. Those are sort of ESPN's top uh, top tight ends. Let's see, Detroit taking Ragnow. Yeah, you there nailed you it. Go. Oh, Frank Ragnow, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if they play him at guard, might play him at center. This dude's this dude's a monster. <laughs> he's he's this is why I was so surprised those two tackles went top fifteen and that you've got um Ragnow, Hernandez, Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia. Like you've just got so many good uh interior linemen relative to those to, to those tackles that um and I mean I think frankly like I've seen a number of headlines around like the like the concept of the blind side is is kind of dead now and uh it like your tackles aren't just because of the way quarterbacks are being moved around and the way that you know people are attacking with guys like Deron Payne and Via Veta uh Via and and such like that like your your interior linemen are just as important in keeping your your quarterback healthy as your tackles so I, I still think though that um, you know tackles still have a little bit more of that mystique, I guess. You know, they're sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that that thought process may only be just beginning. I don't know if yeah. every everyone's uh, you know jumped in on that yet. So uh, uh, there's uh, still the concept that uh, tackle is more needed. A 10 year Pro Bowl tackle is still measurably more valuable than a 10 year Pro Bowl guard or center. But I think the 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 gap has narrowed relative to 15 years ago. Well, I think to the two teams that have taken tackles are two teams that have young, dynamic quarterbacks that they've sunk a ton of money into, and like they're just like that's their priority, which is kind of understandable. I mean, again, like I feel like Oakland's going to go as far as Carr takes them, and the Niners. I mean, Jimmy G, Jimmy Jesus, he could be the you know, well, well, in the case of the Raiders, that's a team that I'm like I'm not going to really double down on their draft decisions, right? Yeah, right. True, true. Um, but um, but you know, I mean, it's like those are two teams where it was like their thought was unless something just ridiculous presents itself to us, like that we're taking these guys to protect our guys. Again, again, I'm not saying. I agree with it, and I certainly would have tried to trade down if I were both of them, because I think you both of them could have got their guy later. But I think that's kind of their calculus. It's a luxury that teams that don't necessarily have a good quarterback don't have. Speaking of which, we've now entered this stretch, 21-22-23, where Lamar Jackson could be in play for all of these teams. Guys, I'm gonna tell as, you right, as I'm gonna could t- receivers. I'm going to tell you right now. If Lamar Jackson is the pick at number 21 for the Cincinnati Bengals, 
the Bengals will immediately vault to my number one AFC team. <laughs> I I could not care less about them, even living in Cincinnati. Like I don't even I they're crap. I don't pay any attention. If they draft Lamar Jackson, I will pay attention. I will more than pay attention. I might even get a GD jersey. Whoa. That's <laughs> okay. I mean you might you might have someone give you the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> with ja- with Jackson's name on it? No. People are gonna be buying that up like hotcakes. For sure. That's true, yeah. The ri- the rifle will be uh just uh I mean, and, and is are are they ready to move on from Dalton though? I mean, I don't know. At, as as an aside, I've got Google Maps up right now. Eighty six miles, Louisville to Cincinnati. So yeah, th- there's a big built in fan base for him in that area. Yeah, yeah, but again, you know, that's for your backup quarterback. I. I Oh please! Oh please! The rifle! Come on! The blooms off that rose. <laughs> I, I feel like Dalton is like he's a known commodity, and he's not quite what he was. I I mean, honestly, you wonder if the coaching staff in in Cincinnati to change needs to change before they're able to really do anything. Um, Marvin Lewis has been team. there for how long? 15, 16 years? I think it's more like eighteen or nineteen. Oh my gosh! It's three nothing Vegas. Whoa! What? What the hell just happened? Sorry, I just been flipping back and forth. Um, That's awesome. Go that Vegas. It's awesome. How did that happen? That escalated quickly. I love it. Come on, Bengals. Take Lamar Jackson. I feel, like we should, I feel like we should live pod more events, guys. <laughs> Billy Price, center from Ohio State. Wow. Look at these Bengals fans being like, I have no idea who that is. No, they I'm do know have any idea. They, excited. They, of course they have an idea who he is. Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. Um it's like the one person they do know. I guess so. Wow. So again, like the Jesus, are the Patriots really going to pick Jackson? Could Baltimore take him at twenty-two? Baltimore wow. could take him at twenty-two. I want to reiterate though that for a while now, uh, ESPN's top-rated player has been James Daniels, who is a center, um, and two different centers have gone ahead of him since he was ESPN's top-rated available player. Again, I'm not going to pretend like I know the intricacies of the current center situation. Yeah, football. Are, are, do you have like a Robert Mays like knowledge of interior of offensive line play? Nope. And uh, NFL Draft or NFL.com um, has him as the top uh, offensive lineman, maybe, or has him oh. as the top center and the top, um, but not the top graded. Offensive lineman still on the board, and they have a lot of other players ahead of him. So that's interesting. How is he a better prospect than Calvin Ridley? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, since he probably, I mean, you're at the point. Oh, the Ravens just traded to Tennessee. Whoa. Well, they, that's got that's got to be not, for a receiver, right? Yeah, they're not picking Jackson, right? They're going to no, take that, one of these receivers. That's got to be for a receiver. God, what are the Ravens looking for? Draft picks. Yeah, I guess. I guess load it up. I mean, I, um, this this is what this is Ozzie Newsom's last year as a GM. He's retiring after this year, so you know, kind of maybe it, want it, to go out with a bang. Is that retiring in air quotes? No, I, I think I he's like. I, I mean, he's he's been 
their GM since they moved from Cleveland. I mean, I was just going to say, ever. he's got two Super Bowls then, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. All right. Well, I guess that guy's yeah. entitled then to do what he wants. Yeah, no, they're, they're not forcing him out by any stretch of the imagination. That's, it's a, uh, yeah, I think it's him saying, I, I got one more and I'm good. So I'll take this opportunity while John is, so uh, Vegas, 26 seconds after scoring their first goal, scored their second. And then got a third two minutes later, all even strength. Wow. And now they're on the power play. Oh, go Vegas. Have you? I, is this going to be so much fun over the next two, like however many weeks to watch them play? I mean, just this series against San Jose is going to be a ton of fun because San Jose ain't going to get knocked, like swept out or anything. Um, it's going to go at least six. But uh, God, this team is so much fun to watch. What's really interesting is you're starting to read more and more of these, uh, like all the casinos who are just going to take a bath if Vegas wins this. Oh yeah, they are. Like I mean, <laughs> they, they put them up at like five hundred to one. Do it for the people, Vegas. Do it for the people. Oh, and and Brett Burns just put it out of play. That that's a two oh man God, advantage five on for three. Vegas. Five on three. Ugh. Did I miss a pick while I was gone, or did Baltimore trade out? Baltimore, Baltimore traded. traded to Tennessee, so Ooh. they they ain't picking Jackson. Interesting. No, this this is a this is a wide receiver play. But then we flipped over to hockey, yeah. where the the Golden Knights are up three nothing and now have a two man advantage. So, I just think I just think it's funny that a team in the desert that has no business having a hockey team could lose to a team from Vegas two two rounds in a row. <laughs> San Jose is not the desert. I mean, it's pretty dang arid there. Um, it's, like San, it's like San Francisco. It's San Francisco. It's a little bit inland, but it's right on the bay. You're, have, not, get, you're not getting the fo- same fog as you are in San Francisco, but... Have, you guys know that by the time you get to East Oakland, the temperature goes up like 40 degrees, right? Yeah, but, yeah. but no. San Jose is south of San Fran. It's less air than Oakland, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, all right. All right. I'm going to – oh, Josh Jackson does not look happy. No. Um, I would draft that dude. They just highlighted some, like, what Iowa people – who's this? James, James Daniels. James Daniels. So yeah, is he wearing pajamas and a he smoking jacket? He absolutely is. I love it. Oh, I, I dude. draft him right now. <laughs> that is awesome. That's fantastic. Interesting. So they totally just highlighted just specifically the fact that Iowa guys hadn't gotten drafted yet. Well, it, it was so they could talk about the the children's hospital yeah, and the wave, wave. wave at the kids. Oh, I didn't see that part. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, which, you know, say what we do about Iowa is really, really cool. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love that setup next to the field. That's great. Um, so Here who's Tennessee? comes Tennessee. Is it, will it be the, Ridley, finally? The closest thing to John Lacombe's NFL team uh, that I can recall. For a while. For a while. Yeah. Rashawn Evans. Wow. Is your uh, Bama linebacker. All right. And New England is on the clock. Wow. What are they going to do? I, they got to go wide out, right? 
I mean, yeah, right? Tom Brady is screaming at the television right like, now. Take Calvin Ridley. <laughs> or DJ Moore. Or DJ Moore. Like, he's screaming at the television. You realize there's like, I mean, what reason is there for them to not take both? <laughs> I feel like that's doable. Like, do they have a pressing need other elsewhere? Like, why they're always wide receiver starved, I feel like. Um well, they I mean, lost and, Amendola, and they and they traded away Cooks, and and Gronk is kind of up in the air. I mean, he says Gronk he's say he back, says he's coming you know, back, but you know he's he just he just wants prone. money. He just wants a contract. They'll give it to him. Score Vegas four nothing. Yeah, Sorry, that, that's that's got that's got Chase Martin Jones right. Uh, not yet, but you would think so. Ooh. All right, John, I have the answer to your um to your Dallas beer question. Yes, so. Um, they said some, like some crap that Armadillo Ale Works makes. I have Armadillo on my – I'm going to start with breweries. So I have Armadillo on my list of other uh, other notables in the Dallas area that have you know some maybe some interesting stuff but just aren't that good or aren't that prevalent. So that includes Lakewood Brewing, which has one or two good beers. Pedicolis, I love it, I, I just love that you're starting with an other notables category yeah. because right off the bat that tells me we're about to get some serious knowledge. Well, I just want here. I just want to get this crap off the table. So Lakewood Brewing that had one one on their list. They're I mean they're okay, but they're just they're just mediocre. Um, Pedicolis. Some people really love Pedicolis, and they have a lot of um, really high ABV uh, beers. I don't particularly love their stuff. Their Velvet Hammer is probably their best one, but it's um, it's very heavy. It's very uh, it's it's very Belgiany. If you like Belgian beers, Pedicolis is your is your is your place. Um, I like Belgians, but not enough to have them in my in my top six. Um, Rabbit Hole Brewing, which is the one owned and started by Mark, Mike Madano, um, again just just nothing really notable. Armadillos in there, and then Grapevine is the one that made that Rye IPA we were discussing, Sammy, and they're just yeah. Again, they're okay, but it's just not good. It's just not great beer. So my top six in Texas, um, and we're not including, and this is craft beer. We're not including something like Shiner, which is basically a, a mass-produced beer at this point. But, um, but still very good. good. They still do good work. But um, So number one for me is Texas Ale Project. Uh, they are hard to find because they're generally just on tap. They don't have a lot of, of bottled stuff. Um but they are they are fantastic because everything they make is really good and it's and they do some really interesting stuff. Uh, Community is my number two in part because their brewery is just a really good time. Uh, I have a lot of pictures of my daughter as a one year old just running around that place, like trying to climb on kegs and stuff is pretty entertaining. Um, but they have a, a couple really good beers. Uh, I really like Rar, which is um, a longstanding Rawr. craft brewery in Fort Worth. Uh, and then there's three that are. So Deep Ellum, you kind of can't miss on Deep Ellum because they've got the best marketing and the best location in all of Dallas. Um, their beers, as I mentioned, the Dallas Blonde is crap. Uh, a lot of people, their their IPA is pretty intense. A lot of people don't love it, but um, but they do a lot. Of, they have a they have a bunch of volume. They have the best marketing, the best branding, uh, and they're just they're just kind of fun and, and a good spot to hang out and party. Uh, four corners is an interesting brewery. They only have like four beers, but but they do them very very well. They also have this very unique uh, uh, top on their beer can, where you know, like most cans have like the classic like pop tab. They have they have like a 
I don't like it. Like you peel off the top, it's like opening a can of green beans or something. And I, I've seen I've seen some cans like that. It, yeah, it's really cool. It's like a silver dollar sized opening. Yeah, um, and it's just awesome. Uh, and then lastly, I have Revolver, which is uh, a brewery way out. It's outside of Dallas. It's in Granbury, Texas, which is maybe like um, like a good forty five minute drive from from DFW. And uh, they do they do really interesting stuff. Their head brewer came from Sam Adams and partnered with this father son combo. Um, they make a, a, a beer called Blood and Honey, which is just well loved across uh, across the the DFW area. Very very drinkable. Um, they do some other good stuff. They are now owned by Miller Coors, so kind of similar to Goose Island. They've got like this mass backer behind their craft approach. Um, I don't know if it's impacted them one way or the other, but. Uh, but they're a good, pretty good brewery. So, so here's my here's my list uh, in Dallas. So number one is the White Russian Imperial Stout that Texas Ooh. Ale Project makes. Guys, mm. it's so goddamn good. That oh sounds amazing. Is that something that I could get around here because I love me an Imperial Stout? Sadly, no. Sadly, no. Oh. But it is. It, it's it comes out like caramel colored, and they said that they were trying to make it taste like a White Russian. Um, cocktail and it is they didn't miss the mark it is so goddamn good I've had um, beers like that they're amazing yeah uh, now to be fair the one that they had on their list from Armadillo is like a golden uh, imperial stout but um, I just like I just can't believe it's as good as, as the one from Texas Ale Project uh, Mosaic IPA is my is my favorite IPA in Dallas that comes from the community brewery, brewery. Um, really well balanced uh, just good mosaic hops awesome Blood and Honey that I mentioned, Nido Bandito I mentioned because that that's one of I, uh, D, uh, Deep Ellum's beers. It is a uh, a Mexican style lager, a la a Corona or a Pacifico or a or a um, uh, Modelo, and is really really good. And then um, you have a couple other IPAs, El Chingon and Deep and the Deep Ellum IPA. If you like those, Iron Thistle is a um, uh, a I don't know if it's a black lager or a uh, or it's not a porter, but um, it's a dark beer produced by RAR that's really really good. And then uh, I've also got Deep Ellum's um, uh, Chocolate Cherry Stout, which they produce every year and is pretty awesome. So that's that's my top eight. I could probably come up with another couple if I if I thought about it long and hard. I just want to say I just want to say like we got ESPN muted right now. I don't know what the F Trey Wingo's talking about, but he sure as heck ain't listing the best beers, craft beers in the Dallas area. You can only get this here. I'll listeners. throw out one more. And this well, is... I, I, I do have one question before you do. Um, can we get some of that Nito Bandito up here so we can go to Golden Nugget and have a Tito Bandito? <laughs> Tito Bandito with Nito Bandito. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, the one other one I'll throw out is Ziegenbach. So Ziegenbach oh, is, yeah, is yeah, just yeah. kind of like a standard, you know, there's Lone Star and there's Ziegenbach and there's some other just like oh, uh, wait, standard I, Texas beers. Let me, let's put a, po- a he's, pause he's, in this. He's not on the stage yet. I'm He's not on the stage <laughs> yet. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be real quick. But it comes in a tall boy uh, can. It's like 16 ounces and it's a little bit darker. It's a great cheap beer. If you're out at a Dallas bar and you're looking for a cheap beer and you but you want something flavorful and not like Miller Lighty, hit up the Ziegenbach. That's the way to go. If I'm at a Dallas bar, I'm drinking that white Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, dude, it's it's the greatest. <laughs> All right, here comes the New England's first pick. Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson would be amazing, but I'm thinking Ridley or Moore. 
Isaiah Wynn, offensive line. Guards. <laughs> oh. So boring. The Patriots fans are like, what? Um, it's just, it's what Brady wants, Brady gets. No, right? Tom Brady just punched a wall. He wanted DJ Moore, I bet. You think so? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, O-line. Wasn't their O-line pretty good last year, though? Their O-line's been piecemeal for, I mean, they make it work, but, uh, you know. I guess it's not a quarterback, and he should be happy about that. Yeah, no, that that's true. and I mean, they still have 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although what we're at we're at twenty four right now. I guess it. I guess they don't like they don't. It doesn't look like they need a a, a wide receiver based on just the you know the position needs that are listed. Um, this guy has to have been number one on their board for a long time, given where they were picking, because I don't feel like there was a good chance that he was going to go before this point, and they had to know. If they weren't trading up, that that this was their guy, I kind of feel like. So we got Carolina on the clock now, and then Baltimore, Atlanta, Seattle, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville could be a very interesting spot for Lamar. London, London Jaguars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Lamar actually, can be I, playing at Webley Stadium. Isn't that what? Um, that's what I think Lombardi was reporting. Uh, in the podcast that went up today that people in Jacksonville have been saying that if, if Jackson is there, they're going to take him. I, I know my buddy Ryan, who's a huge Jaguar fan would love that. Yeah. What about the Steelers? How much longer has Ben got? Not much. I mean, he he's getting up there. He's, you know, every, every year he's sort of like, eh, maybe I'm coming back, but I think they like Landry, Landry Jones. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's done he's, pretty well for them when Roethlisberger's been out. Yeah. I keep forgetting that Baltimore signed Robert Griffin. So they they probably are not going to go draft Jackson. They could, I, I had forgotten they could that. Draft, yeah. They could draft how Robert Griffin was at hmm. pick 25. <laughs> That's my whole feeling on Jackson is like he'll get those. Griffin was awesome, but Jackson's another level. But I mean, Griffin was so flipping good for a couple of years. I'm just like, it's those pre-injury before the NFL calibrates you years. And Vic had it, and Griffin had it, and Cap had it. Griffin never, never had the the dynamic running capability of Jackson. And I don't like how how often did when you were watching those that like Baylor tape. Was he just launching the ball downfield and letting one of his really good wideouts go and get it? I forget the name of the guy um, that got drafted at the same time as him, but it was one of those things that we talked about. at the. At, I remember when Griffin got drafted, we talked about this a lot. The year Peyton Manning was drafted number one overall, there were like two other Tennessee wide receivers that went in the first round. And it was kind of this question of like, who's actually the good player here? And obviously it was Peyton Manning and those wide receivers never amounted to much. I forget who um, Griffin's whiteout was, but we had that same kind of debate. And as it turns out, like it was probably Griffin that was the that was the better player, and then he just got misused in in Washington. John, that's well, partially I, why I cringe every time you say something like Mariota. You're going to run every time you have the opportunity. Oh like, no, no but please I mean, don't that, do that to Marcus Mariota. <laughs> no, but I mean that's my whole thing is like you got to get multiple of these guys. If you want to play them like running backs, you've got to have a stable just like you have running backs. But like no one thinks that way with quarterbacks. 
We forget, though. And again, it's like this is what NFL miles do to you. Um, Robert Griffin was a fringe Olympian hurdler at Baylor and was initially a track guy and eventually stopped doing track to focus on football. Uh, and part of the reason he went to Baylor in the first place is because they would let him do both. He was an unbelievable athlete. Um, but now it's just like that player is long gone. And Robert Griffin can't be a good quarterback if he can't also be that guy. Um, and I think like that's the thing. I think some of these guys, you, like the bloom gets off the rose, but when it's good, it's so good. Um, See, I, which, I would I would argue differently about Jackson. I think Jackson can be a good quarterback at the NFL level without having to run three out of every ten plays. I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm just like I. That's such a big part of it that I don't know. Like I. I just can't see drafting him and then ignoring that aspect of it that just not, makes him not ignoring it. But I, I, I keep thinking about Deshaun Watson and I mean, Deshaun Watson didn't run with, with the Texans when he was playing with them for the first half of the season uh, or Carson Wentz. Like in, in both cases they used in, in Wentz's case, his physicality, but also his mobility um, and, and with Watson's specifically his, his, uh, his speed and his mobility to extend the play, to move the pocket, to, um, uh, you know, defang the, uh, the pass rush. I, I think you could use Jackson in that way and his arm is good enough. And I mean, he's not the most accurate passer ever, but 63% completion, um, in the ACC with, you know, with receiver, like none of his receivers are going to get drafted. I just like uh, I, to me, it's he's Mike Vick. I to me, I'm just like learn how to slide, Chief, because you're gonna be running <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, and the thing about it, the will, the thing you can say about him is, um, he does not take big hits, and he's also not, you know, six two one eighty. Like he's he's a big dude. Um, it, oh, DJ Moore goes to so the finally Panthers. a wideout. That's I, a good, I'm, that's a I'm a little pick. surprised more over Ridley, but. Uh, Okay. I kind of like more actually. I, I, mean, I think I think he's bigger <laughs> and I think we, when you when you compare what they produced um more did you, it with nothing. Let me tell he had you why. He a linebacker as his quarterback last year. Let me tell you why I like more cuz we're about to see some Northwestern highlights. Really <laughs> <soon>. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Here it comes. There's well, that, there's, a, there's some Minnesota highlights. Yeah. Oh, I, Moore's not bigger. He's only six foot. I thought he was like a six four guy for some reason. This um, guy was certainly the best wideout I saw play us last year. Uh, Honelli. Interesting. I thought he was bigger than he is. He plays. No, he's he, he does play big and he's quick. Yeah. There's him torching Nebraska. Because Ridley's yeah. so Ridley's six one, oh, but he's much play. he's much uh, slighter of build. Um. But they basically, I mean, their their combine results look very, very similar. Oh, uh, so hey, no Northwestern highlights. Yay! We Yay! Did it. <laughs> Good job, D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had a monster, monster game against us, but he's yeah. Hey, but, it, but we, but we still won. Yep. yep. So now the question is, yeah. So Calvin Ridley, 
Um, do any other running backs get into the first round? That's kind of an interesting question too. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if at like towards like, I mean, you look at, um, so Seattle probably needs some to address some, some stuff at running back. Philadelphia could pick a running back. Um, Philly's got decent. I mean, I mean, to this point but, now but though, Phil, you're the Phil, teams that are pretty loaded. Philly won the Super Bowl by doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on where they had strength. Yeah, and that's true. I I could totally see them continuing in that vein. Like they use their running backs so effectively. Now they would need a they, it would need to be um, Sony Michelle. I don't think Darius Geis is a good enough all around back to fit Philly. Um, same thing with Ronald Jones. It would need to be Sony Michelle, and maybe that's too early for him. Uh, you could see New England maybe picking someone, but pro- probably not. I don't feel like Have they're you, a first-round running back team. What do you guys think about the the stuff with Geis and the combine questions? Really weird. Because so just yesterday or the day before, the NFL concluded its investigation and concluded that they had no evidence to support Geis's claims that what that they asked him if his mom was a prostitute or if he was gay, uh, and it, the NFL said it. At least one team said specifically that Geis made it up. So that's a weird situation because either that is a weird situation because someone is telling bald faced lies. It's like either you have an NFL team asking a guy if he's gay. And then throwing, kind of throwing his character under the bus to cover their own tracks. Or you have him inexplicably telling this weird, uh, just wild goose tale about crazy questions he was asked during the combine. Either way, it's really weird. I know um, who I believe. Yeah, I know. Darius Geis. Yeah, I know. I guess yeah, it's I mean, like. What, what does Geis have to gain from telling that story. No, exactly. I mean, it's so strange. I mean, and it's like, but I mean, it's, it's one way or another. And it's like, and of course, yeah, we, we all know the NFL is Kings of toothless investigations. It's really weird to me though, that at least one team would specifically have said like he made it up as opposed to something like, Oh, you know, maybe he's just misremembering or something like that. Or, you know, or and you know, like part of me is wondering, what is this real situation, and how is it going to affect his draft stock in any way? You know, whether it's like these teams feel like they've been backed into a corner, whereas like these teams are like, I can't draft this guy; he's not going to want to play here now. Or, you know, on the other side, if he really did make this up, you know, people are like, what is with this kid? I don't know. It's just really strange situation. Um. Especially for a guy who, you know, could be the next running back off the board, potentially. Uh, end of the first period, Vegas 4, San Jose nothing. Ooh, go Vegas. Holy moly. All right, so we got Baltimore on the clock. Lamar, do it. I mean, that, that's a possibility. I mean, who's Flacco's backup? I mean, you said RG3, right? Oh, yeah, RG3. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So um, probably not. And yeah, you know, they're so deep into Flacco with uh, financially. Harold Landry from Boston College, uh, maybe. I mean, they 
they probably should draft Calvin Ridley instead of like the um the ancient stable of wide receivers that they continue to sign, but I don't think that they're actually going to do that. Uh Justin Reed, safety out of Stanford's another interesting name right now. I don't know if they need O-line help like like we talked about Daniels and Will Hernandez, those guys are both on the board. It's wild to me that that ESPN's 10th and 11th best available prospects right now are Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, <laughs> who played in the same backfield at Georgia. Unbelievable. Um, so, but, yeah. I mean, talk, talking about running backs and, you know, coming into the bottom of the, of the first round, I, I feel like the past few years, the second round has been where the run on running backs happens. Yeah. I think this is the exact type of draft for that kind of situation too, because you've got a ton of guys who grade out at that level, um, who all could be starting bell cow running backs. I mean, like there's there's a lot of guys. You got like a guy like Rashad Penny too. He was awesome. Um, he's in you know he's in the list. Um, I mean, you've got four or five guys that easily could be bell cow running backs that you could get in the second round. But right, like that's the question though, Sam. It's like if the run starts early, then it starts early. And you know, like I know Denver needs a running back now. They uh, just cut. Um, yeah, they cut CJ Anderson. Anderson. Sammy, do you think Denver would consider trying to trade back in for Lamar, or do you think I, that they're just holding on at the top of the second round? Like, ooh, I on, think it's see what happens. I think it's possible. I mean, other so other QBs, um, Mason Rudolph, uh, Hayden Hurst, tight end to Baltimore. All right, Hayden Hurst. Didn't he have like some injury concerns? I, th- I feel like he was a guy I heard talked about as one that had um, some some uh, injury concerns coming into the draft today. Interesting that he goes ahead of Mike Gesicki. I think. Um... I know ESPN had Gusecki ranked third behind the the South Dakota State guy. I guess it depends on how much you want to use your tight end as a receiving weapon and how much you want to use your tight end as like a combo blocking uh, receiving weapon. Hayden Hurst, grade A hair. That is a a nice head of hair. Look at that salad. (laughs) It's nice flow. That's some Minnesota, some Minnesota high school hockey flow right there. Oh, and no, now they're putting no him doubt. side by side with Iron Man. That's awesome. Thor. Oh, Thor! I mean, not <laughs> Come Iron on. Man. Thor. Sorry. Get your Marvel superheroes straight. Man. Thor. Avengers came out today. You got to get that right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, Infinity War. Right. Yep. Oh, he's a baseball player too in the Pittsburgh Pirates minor Pittsburgh Pirates minor league system. Oh, Steelers couldn't take him. Come on. Interessant. Didn't didn't get that far. All right, he, so oh man, he can move. I guess he's I was, got wheels for a tight so end. So I was watching that, and I was like, he doesn't look that fast. And I was like, oh, that's Georgia's defense. Okay, interesting. Again, for a tight end, I mean, like this guy definitely can sit in the slot yeah. for sure. Well, Break some cer- tackles. He's certainly got the size to like he's you. He's not oh, going to block man. a defensive end, but he's got the size to, you know, do some damage against defensive backs and maybe he, he's like a, a Kelsey or a Gronk. Yeah, yeah, this, that's what I mean. Well, like, he's not a Gronk, but Kelsey is like what everyone's trying to get now, and this guy's an approximation for sure. 
All right, so you uh, you were talking about quarterbacks uh, still left on the board. Um, Lamar, obviously, you got Mason Rudolph. Um, ESPN then has Kyle Lauletta from Richmond um, what? up there. What? Yep, what indeed. Uh, Luke Falk. Oh, uh, Luke Falk. Wow, Mike, Wh- Mike White from class. Western Kentucky. Logan oh, Woodside. Kyle Allen. Tanner Lee, JT Barrett. Tanner Lee. <laughs> JT Barrett. <laughs> Logan Woodside. Oh, yeah. guys, here it is. Danny Etling. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, Purdue. So Falcons up right now. So again, like now we're kind of to these to all these teams where none of these teams have like a glaring need at this point. Yeah. Like you know, they can all take weapons. I, I bet Falcons go with. Uh, I mean, they they could go with Ridley. Try to get. Um, I mean, I don't because someone uh, across from Julio. Because Julio is like gargantuan, and Ridley is more of uh, like take the top off the defense, whereas Julio is more like the physical, you know, almost like a Terrell Owens type guy. Um, you could also see them going defensive line. So uh, NFL Draft Tracker has got Taven Bryant, uh, the DT from Florida, and Harold Landry, an edge rusher from Boston College, is kind of their next two highest graded players after Ridley. So those guys could be interesting for, for Atlanta as well. So one thing I always love to see is um, who trades for the first pick in the second round because the first pick in the second round always gets traded, like every single year since they've gone uh, from a two day to a three day. That you know teams have you know they sit on it overnight and someone's like, "This is the guy we want. We're going to go get him," and they have a long time to talk to that team. It always happens. I, so I'm, I'm wondering. Who is going to make that move, and for whom will they make that move for? Do you think Cleveland would try to move up in, back into the first round to get a? Um, I don't know what they would go after, unless it was like a, an offensive lineman or a running back. I don't know. I think if you're Cleveland, oh, there's Calvin Ridley to Atlanta. All right. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, um, ooh, Atlanta's but, offense just got nice. Yeah, they did. Do they still have Mohamed Sanu? Oh, do they? Here's a guy who's going to have great, great highlights. I feel like he was at Alabama forever. Three years, right? Yeah, Sanu's still on the Falcons. So you've got... Yeah, they're stacked. Jones... And it's Ridley just, on the outside, and put Sanu in as your uh, just stockpiling your slot receiver. Just stockpiling weapons. Damn, who's their tight end? Because I know their running backs are decent, decent too. With um, oh Jacob Tan, no. Oh, they released their. Let's see. Yeah, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman in the backfield. Right. Austin Hooper. Interesting. That doesn't scare anybody. But um, but yeah, you can go three. You can go three wide and now at at with Atlanta is badass. That is Man, a nasty three wide. Holy R- moly! Ridley is a freak athlete. <laughs> He's he is amazing. 
Uh, but Eric, back to your point about whether Cleveland would move back up. I don't know that they would because they're they're already committed to two first round picks money, and you know yeah. do. You know, do you want that third? I mean, yes. At this point, you're you're looking at um, don't not a huge a gr- difference, but you've got the the fifth year option on the first rounder. Don't they have ridiculous cap space right now? Yeah, I mean, because- it, it, it's not about the money. I don't think it. Actually, you know, now that I, I talk it out, if they want to get that fifth year option, you would move back in and get then get the third first round pick. Yeah. Why do they keep showing this bar in Tuscaloosa? And it appeared that the last time they showed it, I think there's a bachelorette party going on there that they just happened to be there. On a Thursday night. Uh. By the way, kudos to Stone Totalitarian Imperial Russian Stout, which is uh, uh, responsible for some of my snarkiness this evening. Love it. Never had that one before. Pretty darn good. So you really can't get that that uh, that white Russian anywhere else. I don't think they bought. They don't can it or bottle it. It's just uh, it's just on draft. Now th- uh, there there are other white Russian style beers. I know I've had one recently. That you know, I want to try to have Chicago market. I want to try to have the white Russian and the mad Russian in a single sitting. That's oh no! All right, let's see, white Russian Imp- imperial stout. Sun up, Grindhouse. Many a pod, many a pod has been fueled by old Rasputin <laughs> Imperial Stout. So I'm looking anything that can add to the the Mad Russian. Oh, Pipeworks uh, has a uh, White Russian Imperial. Yes, that that's the one I had. Pipeworks. Yeah, it's good. And I'm, I'm, I'm tight with one of the. Hey, brewers careful, there. man! There's a beverage here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> it is absolutely uh, Big Lebowski style. Oh beer. my god! Now I actually, li- I actually need to check. As a I'm, milk stout. I may have a bottle. Um, uh, my friend is a brewer for Pipeworks, and uh, she gave me a bunch of beer a little while back. I need to double check and see if I might have one in my cellar. Oh, hey, careful, man! There's a. There, oh, that's a, that's amazing. There's also an Ardwolf right, White Russian Imperial Stout that is available in. It's from a from Jacksonville uh, Brewing Company. That one's available in uh, in Chicago as well. It's interesting. Mel Kuyper's Lamar Jackson is Mel Kuyper's best available player, not quarterback, which is pretty wild for like a guy with that many accolades. To I mean, what's funny is. You're to a place where a lot of these teams don't have really needs at quarterback anymore. Although, I mean, I would argue that Jacksonville for sure does. But, like, Lamar Jackson's just an awesome quarterback. Like, an awesome football player and an awesome quarterback who, in theory, could come in and start day one for any team in the NFL and do as well as Deshaun Watson did. So it's like, the, the it is kind of wild that he's still available at this point. Um, interesting. Apparently, Rosen is uh, already fired up about the fact that he was taken tenth overall. Why not? I mean, Why not? he's he's coming out. He's like, yeah, there were nine mistakes made before me. Hey, Randy. Randy Moss said virtually the same thing. 
But he wants pantomime to moon, Scuzz. That is not a man to be you emulated. Sh- you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that is a disgusting Joe act. Buck was disgusted <laughs> by that. <laughs> oh, I hate Joe Buck with, with, with the hey, heat of jo- a thousand suns. Josh, Josh Rosen uh, sat with a hot girl in a hot tub in his dorm room, so... Pantomime a moon or hot chicken to hot tub. Oh, I just, I hate I hate everybody. Um, I'm betting on uh, Seattle picking Josh Jackson here. I mean they yeah they do need more help in the secondary. They I mean, need they... secondary help. That dude, I watched that dude play Northwestern two for two years and in a couple other big games for Iowa. He's awesome. Um, Lombardi was was crapping on Big Ten cornerbacks and talking about like oh you only play zone blah 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 blah. blah. Josh Jackson is ridiculously good. Yeah, Richard Sherman now gone. Um, yeah, they, they definitely need to rebuild that secondary. Yeah, the Legion of Boom suddenly is uh, pretty much no more. Gosh, they should have traded up for Derwin James. Well, they traded down like a couple times, I think. That's I, a good I point. feel like they, they, they were they were missing uh, like second and third round draft picks. Yeah, they to they had the 18th. So you know what? Here's what's interesting. Um, they had the 18th pick. James went at 17 to the Chargers, ah. and then they traded with Green Bay right away. I wonder if they were waiting. The uh, the, uh, the kid from Stanford might be another one here. Um, is that Eric Reed? Oh, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, wow, is the number two back off the board. Wow. First round, holy moly. Did not see that coming. I mean, he Dang. was awesome. I kind of love it. He was awesome. I kind of love this pick. He, he is, he's a bowling ball. I love this kid. Oh, he's a perfect fit for them. Like, like he ran for all of the yards last I, year. I was, I was really hoping he'd be there uh, for the Broncos tomorrow. I mean, what were his numbers? He was well over two thousand, right? I mean, I he mean, had... he he led the nation in, in rushing, right? Oh, that's yeah. an awesome pick! Great yeah. job, Seahawks. I really hope that works out. I I mean, yeah, I really this, hope that works out. It is a cool pick. Oh, I wondered this... if they would take a running back. I just never thought it'd be this guy. I mean, he yeah. he's got some wheels. Oh yeah, Pro- I think maybe more than like Sony Michelle or Nick Chubb. Right, he's built a lot like Ray Rice, and he has a lot similar skill set. Uh, he's to Ray Rice. Bi- he's bigger than Rice, though, isn't he? Rice, Rice, was, yeah, Rice, was, Rice was, small. was pretty big. He was no, yeah, he was twenty. Well, I mean, what I mean to say that is Rice was shorter than him. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, like yeah, si- yeah. Similar kind of frame, um, like just that bowling ball type, low oh, center of gravity, he, hard to get down. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm. Yeah. He had 3,000 all-purpose yards. <laughs> so Ray Rice is 5'8". Penny's like 5'11". Yeah, I guess that's true. Ray Rice was short. I was thinking more like Rashad Mendenhall. Yeah, no, he's... But but maybe thicker. Because um, he's kind of... I mean, he's relatively tall, but... I just I love this pick. I can't emphasize enough how much I love this pick. Yeah, I mean that it, I we all figured defense, but yeah, that, that's that, it's a great pick. 
Who had the Rams pick this year? Um, who did have the Rams pick? Oh, Buffalo? it's what uh, is it? The uh, the Patriots had twenty three. Oh yeah, for Cooks. I'll say say one thing about uh, you know Calvin Ridley. At least he knows the uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Played there yeah, true, three true. times last year. And probably a couple times the year before. Yeah, the opener, the uh, SEC championship, and mm-hmm. the and the national championship. Yep. Well, what do you think, boys? Yeah, um, I, I think you know we've got a few more picks left, but uh, you know we've kind of uh, droned on a little bit. Uh, I think we're all getting a little slappy. So, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. We did. No, this is, I I absolutely love this pod. As we know, say especially. every year, as as we say every year, if you made it all the way to the end of this draft pod, you just pat yourself on the back. God, send us send us an email. We'll send you a t shirt. Yeah, that if you made it, you're. Uh, there almost should be a quiz, a Dallas beer related quiz, to prove that you made it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. If, Email westlawpirates at gmail.com with Eric's top eight Dallas beers. Fuck and, that, uh, just the top one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we'll get you something. Yeah. Tell us that you made it. You can even just tell recount this conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, because they they won't know that they have to go back and listen for the beer selections until they got <laughs> to this point. So that makes it even better. Oh, true. <laughs> truth. Sorry, we're getting a little sadistic here, but email it's us. A lot with, like, it's one a lot of like Eric's Westworld. Beers. There are a lot of layers to it. <laughs> oh, don't don't get me started about Westworld. Oh, I love man. I love Westworld. Come on, it's so bizarre. Uh in any case, before this devolves even further, <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. Um, head to our website, westlawpirates.com. You can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlaw Pirates. Uh, you can email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. And call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the Westlaw of Ryan Field playing the red pirate flag. Because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scousby, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.